This week on The Uncommon Truth, we're talking about the culture of unbelief that pervades Western Christianity, and we're asking, how can we overcome it? Stay tuned. You're listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Orville, where we discuss Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is available anywhere podcasts can be found, so make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, a review, and let us know what you think so that more people can get involved with the conversations about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. Welcome to The Uncommon Truth. My name is Max. I'm here with Steve and Vicky Orsillo. It's nice to to see you guys. Catching you guys uh, in between a little bit of working vacations. Vicky just got back from Vegas. Viva. How is that a working vacation? No, you're, that was a real vacation. I worked. She went on vacation. Yeah, is that you what go. you mean? And then, and then you're going to go on a little bit of a road trip to go pick up a tractor engine or something. My engine for my backhoe is I've been stuck up in Medford for a month or Medford, so. Medford, Oregon. I think I mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast. Yeah. So uh, is there cool anything cool you see driving up there? Is it just... I've never it been is, it is amazingly gorgeous. It's an amazingly gorgeous place to yeah. go. It's a, if you go up Highway 5, there's one terrain. You go up 97, which is the other side of Oregon. Mm-hmm. High desert. You know, both of them have high desert, but different views, different kinds of, different kinds of mountains. What's really cool about the 97, going, where we're going up this time, up to Klamath Falls and then up to Crater Lake, is uh, you see these uh, sisters, all these, all these mountain peaks. Mm-hmm. There's this one uh, pull-off you see. You pull off and they got these rocks painted. You stand on the circle and you look at the painted rock and behind it is a mountain peak. And then you look at another rock that's painted white and behind it is another snow peak mountain. And there are all these big mountains. Wait a minute, did somebody paint them? Somebody painted the rocks yeah. for you to, for the viewpoint. Oh, wow. So you know which one you're looking so it's at. A vista. Ah. And from there, you turn all the way around 180 and you see Shasta down by Redding because you're up yep. way above Shasta, right? And you, you, I, I'm not sure if that one shows Mount St. Helens or not, but it's because uh, it's blown apart anyway. But um, she gone. But there's five she mountains, gone. and they're in a line. These mountain peaks in this, and, and it's just, it's breathtaking. Yeah, it's stunning, and they still all have snow on them. So, even in August 31st. Yeah, you know. hopefully, uh, hopefully you will get out of the smoke. It's still smoky here every day. Right, I wake you know, up and crazy. The uh, the the weather app says full, you know, sunny, no clouds, and yet it's overcast. Yeah. And uh, it's it says good. for a sensitive, if you don't go outside for sensitive people, and I was like, right. there's a lot of sensitive people in our staff that don't want to come outside because their feelings will be hurt. Yeah, sensitive, not that type of sensitive. Oh, oh I feel yeah. sad that the, I feel sad that that the sun small. is all red. And yeah, we went swimming in Chico yesterday with my daughters, and they're asking all sorts of questions. They're trying to look at the sun. I was trying to tell them not to look at the sun, no, but no. then when you tell a four-year-old oh, and a three-year-old yeah. not to look at the sun, that's, what they're gonna look at. that's all they want to look at. Ooh, so. That'll burn their eyes. Exactly. But luckily it was just this sort of visible orange or like orange reddish globe. Yeah, globe. Still, yeah. It's, it'll still hurt your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Superman's incredible, like completely useless because he has <laughs> to have a yellow sun, right? And so yeah. he's just been sitting around like the rest of us. I don't know. Right? Superman, huh? Yeah, he apparently he needs a yellow sun, and we only have a red one. So. He's my twin, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, Does he know that? Uh, no. Yeah, I was just kidding. Anyway. So, yeah, so um, we we had to get in to get a podcast recorded. That went over well. Because huh? you guys are. Yeah, like mine too. Yeah, yours. You guys are headed out, so we wanted to make sure we caught up with you. We've been uh, we just got done with our most successful month of a podcast yet. That's wow. Amazing. Over almost 1,100 downloads wow, this month. We just so want to thank you all for downloading. Thank you. Yeah, it's super cool to have so many. We just come here because we enjoy talking about <laughs> Jesus and, and being with uh, each other. Yep, yeah. it's good. And once a I week, we'll be. Like no, we know too, we'll be so. with you and Luke. That's right. And Yo sleeves us. Yeah, every week. Our Vicky's always Vicky's always and late, and uh, we're always. So paint paint you a little bit of a word picture here. You're wrong. Vicky texts us, yep, we'll start at 2.09, and I'm questioning because it's a group text to Steve and I. Yeah, and I'm asking back, 2.09? Really? 209? That's a weird hmm. time. And then right at 2 o'clock, she gets here when I told them to be here, 2, two o'clock, but the door's locked, so she's banging frantically Correct. on the door. Correct. As, she can get in before Steve's me. trying to get behind her, and, you know, like, he we're sh- trying to make sure tried that to shove me out of the, way. the door doesn't come flying open and knock over one of our cameras. cameras. What's funny is coming up the road just now, I went, that is such a weird time, 209, and it dawned on me. She's trying to make me late so yeah. she's on time, so she got it before me. But so she did. I hit, she got, I she hit got the it. gas, man, and I pull in right with her. So No, no. 
That's we didn't simultaneously we, we cross turned the driveway. In, we turned in Who together. Who turned in quick first? I, I was Who a gentleman. Who turned in first? Because I was Who? a gentleman. No, you were turning left. I was turning right. I was a gentleman. I had the right away. And I backed off. Oh, and you're let such you come a. In. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I did. Oh Vicky's still not well, over. Here's, here's the other thing, Max. What? Vicky takes about 15 minutes to get out of a car. <laughs> I've never seen you know the the whole. I've never seen anything like it. She slammed the brakes on, had the door open. Right. It was the slickest move of in getting the seatbelt off. Yep. The yep. door open, the brakes working, the subway. car jams into park, the key comes out. And it's like it's almost like one of those uh, Kingsman movies where the guy yeah. comes out of a moving car, you know. Yep. With my ankle weights she on. She was just like that with the ankle weights on just yep. to get to the door ahead of me. Yep. Because I, I get out of a car very so quickly. So we walked in the door first for everybody. So we came so in. Vicky we walked actually, in first. Together, exactly Max. Right. Come on, we together. Well, she almost no. got pushed through the door, That's but right. she Thank got you. pushed through I first. I always let my wife go first. Oh, no, you almost pushed <laughs> me. Even if I was there I started first, very, very I would have let her go first. We had to see the Flying Dutchman, our Dutch <laughs> producer, jump to try to keep the door from knocking over <laughs> the $1,000 Oh, no, I let her turn in front of me. She did that. She jumped out of her car. And I let her go you before me in the door. You want these people to believe you. Now, be honest. You, I'm you being did. honest. You're so full of... I'm literal Larry. You always accuse me no, of No, but this time you're not. We can see by your face. If anybody... I watch on YouTube. You can look at his face right yeah, now. He looks like the canary. I am He not. looks My like he has a canary feather <laughs> coming out of his mouth. Look at... Look oh, at... Look at... Just because you say so, <laughs> look my face looks different. Look at my face. That is the ploy... <laughs> Of someone who knows they're wrong. <laughs> it's like the parents saying, don't smile, don't smile, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. smile, Have come on. Have you stopped beating your wife yet? Uh, Steve, uh, I don't Steve, know what to say. Steve. How do you answer that one? Steve. What? <laughs> All right. Well, um, shall we get on with whatever yeah, we're talking about? I wanted about? to talk to you guys What's about wrong thinking today. About Jesus. So you say something all the time that's, uh, Lord, help me, help me with my wrong thinking. Especially or, when it comes to his wife. Hear me of my wrong thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Especially and, when it uh, pertains to your wife. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't pray that, though, about his wife. Yes, he does. Gen- it's not my wrong prayer. thinking when it pertains to my wife. <laughs> no, I do. I think it's just in general. <laughs> I literally do. I literally, so the general prayer covers wives. <laughs> Go ahead. I found that kind of interesting coming here when I came here. I'd never really heard a pastor or, or a Christian leader say, uh, even bring up the the possibility that they might be wrong in yeah. anything, yeah. let alone asking publicly, hey, heal my, my wrong thinking or, or help me if there's anything wrong, um, help me figure it out or show me, set me right. And mm-hmm. uh, there's been a few, you know, just little things as we're going about doing all the things that we do where we're, we're building camps and mud runs mm-hmm. and food banks and, and church expansions where we, we're all going one way, and then you send out an email or, or call a meeting. It's like, all right, well, we got to quickly do this differently because I've, I found out we were doing it wrong, and now we're going to change it. And uh, I, I just think that's kind of unique or uncommon, like the podcast title implies, that, that you do that. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about kind of that, that way we get stuck as Christians into one way of thinking, and we kind of have to like just something tells us we just got to stick with it to the end, even if we're kind of wondering if we're wrong or uh kind of not sure if we're right and we just end up sticking with it until sometimes we see we see like christian leaders and they just fall apart or their ministries dwindle or or uh, become irrelevant or um what's the word we've been uh using about non-essential right non-essential so uh tell us a little bit about that um that that thing that gets people locked in tradition or locked yeah. in a certain worldview that become so married to that they can't even well the be gen- open to generally it. the biggest portions of christian movements uh are based on others you know uh, on an idea that you know to say you're wrong would be a a, a breach of faith hmm. and so a breach of faith allows all the horrors of the world in so they're afraid to say i might be wrong even though we all read the Bible when we're young, I mean, and this was, I mean, I always knew something was wrong because how could I read and then say in my head, oh, we don't do that, or that's not how we live now. I wonder how that fits what we believe. And I would always be questioning when I'd read it, and then you just kind of got to move on, you know, you got to move to the next mm-hmm. verse and then keep going until you find one that does agree with you. So I don't know how every single human alive doesn't come to the conclusion I must be wrong about things, you know? Yeah. And um, for me, it was a journey of, I was unsure, just unsure. Here's what I think I'm teaching. And knowing that 
what am I going to do with this verse when I get to it? You know, it's like, I, we don't do that. We don't live that way. Mm. And when I prayed and asked the Lord after 30 years or so of just, I mean, maybe close to 30 years of pursuing the Lord with all my heart, wanting to see the book of Acts church, he said to me, you're confused. And I'm like, I thought I wasn't confused. Yeah. And you know what? The word, when he said it, it explained my whole life. Mm -hmm. I'm confused. I'm the Jesus guy because then he told me you're trying to live two covenants. And I'm like, I wasn't trying to do Then I, you, you see your teachings and you go, well, maybe I was. Mm -hmm. And maybe I was afraid. I wanted to use, I wanted my cub, my new covenant to have these things in it. And that just yeah. confused everything. And when we he talked said about me, that a few episodes back yeah. when we we're talking about covenants. And yeah. And he said up. to me, you're, you're trying to live two covenants at one. And I said, what do you do about it? He said, read Jesus, just read Jesus. And I will, and I'll unconfuse you kind of thing. And so I come home, tell Vicky, and she was like, let's just do that. So she comes to me saying, this is no joke. Hmm. This is crazy. This is nothing like the way we believe. Well, one of the great beliefs of my life was that Christians can't be demonized. They can't have a demon. Hmm. And I mean, I could bring... I've heard that. I've heard I, people yeah, say that. And I could bring all of the ideas. I could bring all of the bumper sticker verses up to prove... But not one of them said a Christian can't have a demon. They said stuff like, what does light have to do with darkness or darkness have to do with light? And so I would use them all. It's all under the blood. You're forgiven and it's forgotten. And so how could I have a demon? So when the Lord told me I was confused, I started to look at these things. And I started to look at even, even people like Judas. A demon entered him at the end of their ministry, you know. And um, I was just like, what's going on? So I adamantly... Honestly, right up until the day I had this event happen to me where I was sure I'd been delivered. I was, I probably said that day, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. And then I know for a fact I was delivered, which caused me to go and ask the Lord, how is this possible? How is it possible for me to have control in my life taken away from me? Like I, my temper blows. And I don't, I have no ability to stop it from blowing. When the red line goes, get mm. out of my way. Like the Hulk. Yeah, it's like the Hulk, just very similar to the Hulk on those movies. And right after that, I had 20 times where the red line came and I subdued it. Mm. I controlled myself. And I worked so hard. And I remember a couple times where it started to that go. Was, that was after you. you the, after the, I had that day. It was my first inner healing appointment. Yeah. And okay. we're not talking inner healing today. And I wasn't sure I believed in inner healing, but in that one five minute, you know, like really brief encounter, I got inner healed and I got delivered and something came out of me. Yeah. And suddenly I had the ability to overcome my temper. And I have to tell you, in all the years since, I have lost my temper so seldom. One time when my daughter was being attacked and blamed, I lost it. And I, I went home and told Vicki, it, it, this is the way I used to be all the time. Mm -hmm. And I lost my temper today, and I went and repented, even though I was 100% right in everything I said and did. And every, all my righteous anger was righteous anger, but I had no right to lose my temper and attack the people in front of me, and uh, verbally, not physically. Yeah. But so I completely changed my philosophy, but still didn't know the answers. And I went to the Lord and said, how could I possibly be wrong about this? What right could the enemy have to control me? And he said, the enemy has a right when you don't forgive and you judge. And I go, judge? You mean say something's wrong? And really, he took me and taught me that judgment is when you determine the final outcome for somebody. Hmm. When you say, that guy's going to hell, man, and he deserves it. I hope he doesn't get saved. You know, you, you determine yeah. their final outcome. You say, you're going to hell. You have judged them. You say, God's going to judge you. You have judged them. And uh, so he told me, those are the two areas where the enemy has a right to attach himself to you and call it possession, call it. A, I don't care if they're floating around me, influencing me. They certainly, I certainly was unable to control myself. And then I was able to control myself. And in so many different ways, inner healing was another one where I was just adamantly against it. Someone came up with all these different scenarios and God, I, I, I kept praying, God heal my wrong thinking. Everything I read doesn't add up. Heal my wrong thinking. And then he would show me and lead me in a path. And all of a sudden I said, man, this is, this, this is true. 
And then when I read the Bible without trying to use bumper stickers or trying to pull scriptures out. Not like, trying to yeah. read the Bible to confirm what you already believe. Yeah, I'm not trying to like prove it, what I want yeah, it to be it true. Inform, yeah. I'm trying to find out what's true and put my li- get my life in, in line with it and in order of what it says, not what I want it to say mm-hmm. or how I want it to prove my point. Or the, so we started reading in context, especially the, the letters, the epistles. Mm-hmm. Those are the one everybody just whips around and throws around to meet their own standards. And reading them in context, who was he talking to? Why was he telling them this? What was going on? What was he trying to correct? What was he trying to prove? What was he trying to say? What was the battle? You know, because most yeah. of it's a lot of it's about. Addressing certain subjects, yeah, yeah, subjects of Gnosticism, where people say your body can sin and it doesn't affect your spirit, and he's coming against those things. You know, all the apostles had to battle that in their day because they were coming into a Greek society with a spiritual concept such as the Holy Spirit indwelling in you through the blood of Jesus Christ, and so they were they were happy to have it, but then they would begin to pervert it by mm-hmm. their own thinking, and so. Finding out you're wrong about something and you think about all the people you taught that the devil can't has nothing on you. He can't control you. You're like you're 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 impervious to his darts. You know, even though Paul said we do these things to, you know, to make sure we don't get hit by the darts. Yeah. Why are we making sure if it's not even possible? You know, and there's so many things that now when you read it after you've changed your philosophy and you say, I just want what's true. All of a sudden you read it like that. You go darts. Well, I thought I didn't get darts. Yeah. Well, only if you have the shield up. Oh, so it is possible darts can hit me. It is possible the enemy can influence me. It is possible to be out of control as a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit. I can grieve the Holy Spirit by going, by being enticed in a different direction. So now, I don't know any prayer more powerful or more important for every leader who lets anyone follow him. See, when I let you follow me, I just I took responsibility for you. I'm like... If I teach you wrong, I took responsibility and now you're wrong because of me. And so every leader should be praying. Every leader should be seeking the Lord and really passionate about wanting to know. Can you heal my wrong thinking and teach me your way so that I lead people in righteousness, not in a ditch? Mm -hmm. Can you help me, Lord? And I, I think I probably had quite a few more than that but those are the most powerful examples i know of where i just was adamant adamantly right there was nothing wrong with what i believe and you're not going to convince me and talk to the hand and that whole negative and when god told me you're confused i said oh he was so shocked by that I was Honestly, so shocked. i'm the one guy i know that's yeah. not confused and the thing is like you know you look at jesus's times and who do you go after the people who were so dogmatic uh, religious people and the question begs for us to look at our lives and the things that we believe in and we're so locked in because we've done it this way for all these years you know we came out of a um, you know Toronto blessing and sometimes it feels like they just want to stay right where they were uh, some people and not go forward Mm -hmm. and I believe it's like it's it's a question that every leader needs to ask like Steve said it's like heal my wrong thinking and if I you know don't let me hurt the people I'm leading and this goes not only for leaders but parents and and you know teachers and every person who has anybody following them you know we should not be so stuck in the concrete of what we believe 25 years ago but allowing the holy spirit because his mercies are what new every morning he's continually bringing us further up and farther in and we need to be able to be um corrected mm-hmm. yeah. you know he's a father what does a father do he corrects and so i i've appreciated the, the journey we've been on <clears throat> we've always loved jesus but we did. We were confused, and when we started reading Jesus, I feel like we're not as confused as we were. Though, however, Steve will all of a sudden, you know, write something and said, "Hey, you know, I gotta ap- apologize because I I should have done this and should have done that." But usually, it's uh, that is usually when it's topics of the day, the morals of today, the COVID um, regulations, mm-hmm. open, don't open, close. You know, we're essential, yeah. we're not essential. Yeah. You know, but the truth is, is that um, that's what Jesus went after. The yeah, unbelief being of so that, sure that, yeah. that you're already right. Yeah, those guys. The, Paul thought he was so right. Paul thought he was doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing. He was he was a Jew of Jews. You know, mm-hmm. he really was. And man, he just got blinded by the light. I mean, Jesus just smacked him. 
And I, I give Jesus permission to smack us if we're going the wrong way, if we're doing the wrong thing, you know. Preferably smack Steve, and then I'll get the, uh, yeah. I'll get yeah, the. Uh, get yeah, well, memo. we are one. When he hits me, he hits you. <laughs> no, no, you smack him, and then Steve comes home and tells me. I'm like, well, yeah, I always knew that. Yeah, I always knew that. I always I knew you were wrong. I agree with Jesus. So one of your books, I, I told you so. I read. Um, I got your books when I came here uh, for the wedding that I visited. And you guys don't know, listeners don't know my story of how I came to be in California here. My family and I. Um, you can go back to one of our first podcasts and listen. But when I went home, I took your three books with me, and I was reading one of them before I decided to move down here. And there's a story about uh, where you, you're reading, are you talking about the man in Mark, is Mark chapter 8, the, the man that Jesus tried to heal, and it took a couple tries, right? Shocking. The blind man. Right? Shocking. And see, for what I can remember, the only time that healing doesn't happen right away. Right. Um, and you had a really interesting, really uncommon take on why that was. You want to talk about that a little bit? So in all the headings of that chapter, of that, of that paragraph, say something around the city of unbelief, the mm-hmm. unbelieving city, the unbelieving people. There's a lot to that story. So the very first thing is they brought him a blind man, which isn't uncommon, like it, the guy lowered through the roof was they brought him mm-hmm. in several cases they brought him somebody just people who and so had somebody the, need yeah, the terminology of they brought him doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't believe but it, it is important that he wasn't the one crying out like the other blind men blind Bartimaeus crying out son of so David don't pass me by yeah. you know just because he heard and the lady reaching and touching his garment if I only you know it's not a, a person needing healing, seeking him for healing. Mm-hmm. It's other people. And, and I think most commentators believe that they were looking for a sign and a wonder. They, were, they show us a sign. Here, here's a blind guy. And um, he grabs the guy's hand and leads him out of the city, leads him away from Bethsaida? the city. Bethsaida? Yeah, and the city's name was Bethsaida. And it is cursed in the teachings of Jesus. He, I mean, he says... Woe to you, Bethsaida, mm-hmm. if the miracles done in you, if the wonders done in you had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would be rejoicing in heaven now. They would be celebrating yeah, and Sodom have repented and long ago. known for their sin yeah. and debauchery. So Bethsaida must have been a real, real unbelieving city and be operating probably in many ways that violate God's, God's call to the Jewish people. Hmm. Because when Jesus arrives, they just want a miracle. They just want to see a, a sign and a wonder, you know? Yeah. And so he takes the guy out of the city, away from them, and demonstrates really clearly that even Jesus won't operate in unbelief. And so he prays, he, he takes, and he does something very odd for him. He, he didn't do things like this very often, but he makes mud from spit and rubs it in the guy's eye. Basically, he spit in his eye. <laughs> And I'd be offended straight out the gate if somebody spit in my eye. But you're lying, so you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would feel something. I'd hear somebody hawking a loogie. But that's how he's going (laughs) to heal him. And the guy says, says, and and Jesus has to ask him. You would think the guy would say, hey, it's happening. He would have some kind of response to this. But he says, I can see men walking like trees. Which begs the question. How does he know what trees look like? How does he know what a tree looks like? Yeah. But I don't think think that's apropos to the story. But it's kind of less on where mine goes. I know. I know. know Because I'm there. He doesn't know what a tree is. Go ahead. Proceed. Okay. Okay. So I see men walking like trees. Which again. And Jesus, (laughs) you know, prays for him and heals him. And it's like the first half healing, the only half healing we know of. And Jesus heals him and tells him, don't go back to the village. Mm-hmm. Don't go back into unbelief. I, be- I think what he's saying is unbelief will take your healing away. Mm-hmm. I think you'll go back to being blind there. Go to your home. Let this thing settle in. Decide what you believe. And it's a remarkable story. The, the city of unbelief and and. I think that today everybody just wants the wants everything handed to them without the burden of unbe- of believing and I know how hard it is in this world you're going along you're working you're getting your paycheck you're putting in the bank you're paying your bills you're trying to protect yourself you're trying to get good locks on your doors you're trying to get good cars you know trying to improve your life with your paycheck trying to save up for the vacations 
and how often, how easy it is to be sold into something that causes unbelief. Mm. Like, who will take care of me if I don't do this? How will I live if I obey Jesus? One guy, I remember him saying to me, well, just like that verse that says, give to any man who asks, we all know you can't do that. And I'm like, why can't you do that? He didn't say give all your money to every man that asks. He said, just give, just share. And we come up with so many different reasons for not being able to obey because of our fear that then I might not have anything. Yeah. And who would take care of me then? God certainly won't, right? And, and it's like how easy it is for us to slip into unbelief. Vicki and I have spent a lifetime of putting to, putting to test the words of the Lord when he says give and see if I don't pour out for you from the windows of heaven a blessing. And we've always, we've taken that as Malachi, and we've always taken that. You know, we would never not tithe. And we and you want to talk about the, the gross or the net, what you tithe from? We, 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 well, which do you want to be blessed on? This amount or this amount? Yeah. We want the windows of heaven open in our lives because we want our life to be in a position where we must trust him. All that we own must be his because that's what I've read. It, it has to be. And so yeah, we, I don't think we ever fall into a state of unbelief. I may, uh, from time to time, and I can't think of any right now, but, you know, I just go, oh, that, that wasn't very believing. That was kind of self-preservation. Um, and I'll pray, Lord, send someone along so that I can retest my faith. I, I can reinitiate my belief in you. Mm. And uh, I can't tell you how many times in my life I've just laughed and chuckled because I put together enough money to uh, <laughs> Vicky doesn't chuckled. think I laugh very often. No, but chuckled. I just haven't I heard. Chuck, you, I didn't know I you chuckled. chuckled. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chuckle for you. Anyway, I, so, I haven't heard so that word I'll, for I'll, so long. Like especially right after, the crash, <laughs> right after the ca- crash. Right after the crash of the. I did. I'm on a roll. Be quiet. I'm chuckling. <laughs> Go ahead and chuckle. And I'm gonna chuckle later too. Chuckle to yourself. Oh, we'll chuckle about this later. We'll chuckle about this later. <laughs> um, so so, I've had so many times in my life where. Especially when my business all, when the crash of the economy happened and we went into financial ruin, I would, it would work hard to put together enough money to make sure something like, let's say the, the insurance was due and I had to pay it and I'd try to put together the money and, you know, we live in a fire zone, which later got us, but um, you have to come up with quite a bit of money. So I'd put together, say, $2,300 and I'd have it ready to go. And, the, and, and it would be an obvious person, an obvious need would come and I would give it away. I have just worked for months to get this money together and the Lord sent me somebody and I gave it to him and I just chuckle. It's, it's funny. I just say, I say, uh, I can't, I can't wait to see how the Lord does this. And he always does. Yeah. Vicki and I would on our 30th anniversary decided to go on a 30 day vacation. Actually the kids, um, uh, provided. Oh. Right. But so oh, we didn't I, know how we were going to pay for it. I stole your and glory. So, our kids said, we'll raise the money. And they go raise the money for us to send us on a 30-day vacation. Because she asked me, what do you want to do? I said, 30-year anniversary, let's go on a 30-day vacation. That was my idea, and, and I think. No, it was mine. 30 days for a day for a year. Oh my <laughs> getting the kids to pay for it was her idea. Are you chuckling? And, and she, not anymore. <laughs> so anyway, she, <laughs> she uh, we'll talk about this later. Anyway, she, um, <laughs> we are kidding people. Yeah. And we're all laughing. So, um, Chuckling, actually. <laughs> Max and I are probably chortling. laughing, probably oh laughing more chortling. than you are because I, I keep know. interrupting you. I know. You just, yeah, that's, <laughs> my, that's my favorite thing. I know. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm chuckling. Go ahead. Anyway, so, so <laughs> kids, kids put together this money from every friend they could find, and it was enough to send us. But, again, I just gave the money. I gave the money away for that that I had raised to make sure all the bills were paid when we left. And a friend says, are, you have money, don't you? To like go on this vacation, and I said, "No, I don't have a dime." We're, mm-hmm. You know, we're going on this cruise ship, and uh, we, no, I don't have anything. But then again, you don't need any money on a cruise ship. Yeah. By the time I left, left out the door, so many people had come and given us big wads of money. I mean, it was like, "Whoa, we're going on this thing!" Wow, and and the bills all got paid, and and it's just a miracle when you begin to trust in the Lord how fast things happen around you but it's the biggest problem is how often in your life 
circumstances change to cause you to doubt the Lord and doubt his provision and who's going to take care of me. And you look and you go, well, I don't doubt. I, I'm not doing any of that. And then you, the, if you ask the Lord, he'll show you you're doing a lot of that. You're, you're, mm. you're doing a lot of not trusting him. Yeah. And, and so the city of unbelief, the city of Bethsaida, is that one of the best stories for, for this, that the atmosphere of unbelief hinders the Lord's work in your life. You're not going to see his blessing living in an atmosphere of unbelief. That's really good. Mm. One of the most powerful things about the Father's House community, this, what is it, close to 100 people living in proximity together, you know, uh, maybe maybe only 75 or so, but what's, what's amazing is... Uh, how even the church members that try to get involved on a day-to-day -day basis and come in and work with us and they it's like it's a community of belief that makes their belief easier that makes their life see more they see more miracles and we testify every friday we have questions to get people to talk about what god's doing in their life mm -hmm. and it's phenomenal in this community but then people move away some people move away and they take the teachings with them, but they live in a community of unbelief. Mm. And then they're disappointed because it doesn't work there. Well, you have to move into another community of faith, another community not of the word of faith, but of the life of faith, Where of you trust. Expect, you expect things to happen. That's right. right? Well, it's, but, but more than that, you trust him. Mm -hmm. You're not waiting for him to act so that you can act. It's Christianity as you do, he did, then you do, and then he does. And, and we are on the far-reaching receiving end. We're the, we give 10, and he gives us 100. And it's like in, in every aspect, we give a little, and he abundantly blesses us. And so usually that occurs in the city or in the community or in the family of trust. We put ourselves in a position where if we, if we don't trust in him and he doesn't come through, we're doomed. Yeah. Every offering I ever take, I say give a dollar more than you can afford. Whatever you can't live without, give it and then add a dollar to it to make sure that what you have in your pocket is not enough to take care of you. And you watch. You're going to begin to see belief have its effect. Hmm. Now, if you live in a horridly unbelieving place and your whole life is unbelieving and you try to test the Lord with this, I'm not sure. He's the Lord. I'm not. But I know that the, the way he set it up in Christianity is that if you live in faith, you're going to see his hand. You're not going it's not he's not Aladdin in a lamp. He's he is not your servant. He is not your butler. You don't tell him what to do. Mm -hmm. You simply live according to his statutes and watch his hand move in your life and this cloud of blessing, the mercy and goodness that follows you all the days of your life. You just see the blessing of God and you look back and go, "Wow. You know, we had some hardships in this season, but wow, can you believe how much the Lord has been with us, mm. how he has taken care of us, how good we're doing and how well off we are in terms of our emotional state. And so that's really, I think everyone's looking at healings, blind guys, cancer. You know, we've been through all that. We've failed miserably at it, and we've, but we've succeeded phenomenally at continuing in our joy and our peace and our goodness and our kindness and our generosity. We didn't say because our granddaughter died, we're going to hoard our money now, or we're going to pull back from our faith. We're going to quit giving. We're, gonna, we're just going to regroup. We're going to, you know, circle the wagons. No, heck no, man. We uncircled the wagons. We said, now's the time to charge because in a loss like this, our faith, having stood by and loved the Lord through this, our faith is so empowered. Let's go. Hmm. Now, I wanted to ask you, so this, this culture of unbelief or this, this idea of unbelief, can it have kind of like degrees where it's not just black or white, where it's kind of like, yeah, well, I'll believe for some things or I'll, I'll kind of take care of myself and others. And is it possible that there's people listening that sort of they believe for some things, but other things they're they're like maybe not receiving the most um, the most fruit that they could be because they're kind of operating in some ways in these traditions of unbelief. I think I think it's it's you know further up and farther in it's it is you the Bible calls you know when we first are saved our babies and you know we need spiritual milk and you need you know you think about a newborn baby 
But as you walk and you continue to grow and get stronger, I think um, as you read the words of Jesus, there's um, there's places you have more faith. I have so much faith for for provision. Um, you know, when I first started, I couldn't believe for you know six dollars. Um, that was so important to me. You know, I couldn't do it. Now I've seen his hand for 41 years, and I can believe for in in, the, in respect to money and provision. I can I can believe for everything. Mm-hmm. And as I seen what the Lord has done at the Father's house, how we just do things and He provides, I really have a lot of faith for that. However, I don't have as much faith for believing for spiritual he- uh, physical healings. Right. I have incredible faith to believe in spiritual healings. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely, there's different levels of belief through all of us, and it's just walking it out and you know walking out your salvation with fear and trembling. Um, you know, I have, like I said, you know, it's just it's. I think most of us. I talked to, um, to Steve the other day. It's like worldwide when it comes to physical healing I don't think the church really gets it mm. that's just a generalization I don't know how many incredible um, healings that people would say yeah that was their leg was you know their leg was amputated now it's grown or you know the cancer yeah. was there it's uh, you know it's every every doctor knows that and it's gone there's very few you know there has been some so my I can believe for all these other things but I have a very difficult time praying for you when you have a headache Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I have a spirit of, um, I just have a, a belief and I have a faith and, and I know, I know that you're healed and that's it. That's happened to me quite a few times where I just know that I know that I know that when I laid my hands on someone, they were healed. Yeah. I think there's all different aspects of belief and unbelief yeah. in the city of unbelief. And I, I thought it was fascinating as we read the scripture or we talked about the scripture that there was an action involved in faith when Jesus walked him out of the, of the mm-hmm. city. I thought that was very interesting that there's a verb verbiage going on where yeah. he they had to do we have to do some things yeah sometimes we sit and just want jesus to just do things for us but i believe probably wholeheartedly that it's always about doing something i think steve said um he he did for us and now we do and then mm. he does and that's what we've seen throughout our, our my 41 mm. years and, and really significantly in the last 21 years at the father's house is that it's all about us doing um, and but yeah, to answer your questions, absolutely, there can be different levels of faith. And as you get farther down the road, your faith should grow, just like you grow in spiritual stuff and knowing what the Bible says. You should be growing um, mm. in faith yeah. in different areas. And I just, so I think that's a great question. You know, my my thought in this. So I I came from feeling pretty like a pretty successful Christian. Yeah because um, I, I ran my own organization and, and did a lot of cool stuff. I'd see a lot of kids' lives change. You were doing it. In, in degrees, right? Yeah. I, um, I only had, was able to affect change in kids for one week or three weeks whenever they're at camp. But you don't know, you don't know the and yes, eternal, I don't know, right? I don't know eternity. I'm right. praying that seeds, the right, seeds that absolutely. were planted at camp would grow. And, it, and at very least, now that there, there's a, a warmth or a willingness to listen to the next person that tells them about Jesus. But I'd often see kids that would come back and their lives, you know, they had taken two steps forward and Correct. one and a half steps back, kind of. And what I, what I was thinking about my own, my own life and the life of the, a lot of the people that kind of did that sort of ministry with me, I would think, you know, we, we're doing pretty well on certain things, uh, but we're maybe at like 60% or 70% or 50% of of believing or um yeah we were in some ways we're pretty close to the book of acts in this way but the book of acts church but in a lot of ways it's like we've just we've just settled for like 50 percent like or at least i'm not in my old life or i'm not in i'm not like this person's life who doesn't know jesus at all but we settle for that 50 percent and we don't press in towards a hundred percent, and I think that's one of the things that the Lord has blessed my personality with. Is if I see, if I see the further up and farther in, I have a really hard time uh, just staying farther down and further out. I guess yeah. <laughs> you know, staying where you are, right? Yeah. And it, and sometimes I, I get mad at myself for that. It's like, oh man, I could just be comfortable still, you know, being my own boss and and running the summer camp. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I've seen, I've seen that closer to 100% and I kind of want it, right? So what would you say to people who are like I was kind of thinking, well, there's got to be something more, but not exactly sure how to get there? So there's always something more and there is no place where you've arrived. Never. Never. So 
no Christian, and that is the attitude. Like you said, it's rare for a pastor to say, heal my unbelief, because they would have to admit, admit they're wrong. Mm -hmm. But see, that would mean you've arrived. There is no arrival. That's good. The other thing is, my story of giving the money away when I needed it is not brownie points. It isn't points to earn faith. It isn't points to earn a miracle. Or for you. No, it puts you in a position of faith. You, All it is, I had the money. Now I don't have the money because I gave it away because I trust him. Mm -hmm. And so giving a dollar more than you could, it, it's just putting you in a point, a position of trust. And so... How to get there? Put yourself in a position of trust. You know there's more than trust in him. The church is full of teachings about life insurance and annuities and retirement. And the church, the church itself knows that the American universities are teaching anti-God. There is no God. There is no Christianity. That's all a myth. Truth is relative. Yeah, truth is relative. Everything and they're relative. sending their kids there to be indoctrinated by these professors and out of a out of this fear that they if they don't get this higher education, their life is going to be doomed. Ninety nine percent of those parents didn't have higher education. So they're looking for something better for their children. But instead of teaching them a life of faith that you go to a university if God sends you, but you cannot, you cannot go to a university and still have a very good life following whatever Jesus is leading you. You can do it without university. It's like and there's almost more faith in the world system of how to get ahead than correct. is in Way Jesus. more faith. 100%. Instead of trusting in Jesus for the plan of their life, yeah. when they're babies, they start putting money away to send them to where they're going to be taught to not believe hmm. they're going to you talk about the city of unbelief it's the american sense. university it's the western university this is the city of unbelief so good. and then you what you want this miracle to happen that my daughter can go to this american university and not be affected by it well then you better have given her 18 years of real christianity showing her true trust in the lord and faith we know me and vicky know we did that and when our daughter went to university, it was not to set her up for life. It was to allow her to play a game. She went on a basketball scholarship, and we supported that 100%, but said ba life is not basketball. There's more to life than basketball. The only thing that matters is not whether you're a star at this university or be All-American or anything. What's important here is that you become a daughter to the Lord Jesus Christ that you become his servant and not fall into the unbelief. And she'll testify. I mean, if she ever is not, she'll testify to the struggle she went through. She was there five years because of her redshirt season, got a master's, and that master's hasn't made her a dollar, nor did we ever care or want it to make her a dollar. We wanted her to get educated to use in the ministry. Well, we better have given her 18 years of real Christianity, a Christianity that works, putting ourselves in a position of faith by giving we gave me and her gave to build god's kingdom her whole my daughter's whole life that's what she saw and she came out of the american university and reconnected with her faith she struggled mm -hmm. but when she came out she chose faith in jesus christ she made it she came home a believer and i'm seeing an epidemic of christian families who start paying for their kids college fund when they're little because they can't trust in the Lord for a plan for their child's life. I trust in the Lord for my child's children's lives. Call them to college. Let's hope I lived a life that would keep them safe in college. Let's mm. hope they have an understanding of my beliefs and parenting and what I've instilled in them to make it through where the devil shines and where the city of unbelief is in the, in the university. But that's the thing is parents are just blindly trusting in education more than the Bible, more than Jesus. It's and just one of those unquestioned ideas. Right, well, unquestioned. passed on, right? That's yeah. right, passed on. But it, this is the first generation like this. I mean, there's not just, I don't know what you call a generation, but I'd say anyone um, under, under 50 mm -hmm. has been raised in this idea that everybody has to go to college. I wasn't. Or you're a failure. I wasn't. Yeah. Or your life's going to be miserable. 90% of the guys in my high school went to work in construction right, right after high school. And they're all very well off. 
We had a very good life. I could be well off, but I didn't. I built the church. You are well off. It's just I'm it's really just well off. Well in taken faith. care of. I'm well mm. taken care yeah. of. But that's really the the thing that I have to tell them. If you you know something's there, you know there's more. Don't trust in the world system like college or get a good job or make sure you're paid or make sure you have benefits, mm-hmm. uh, health care and all that stuff. See, we've got kids trusting in health care. We've got kids panicked. Kids come to my church panicked if they don't have health care. They come yeah. from other countries that have social medicine. They are panicked. Their parents call every day panicked because they're here without health care. And they're Christian families. Mm-hmm. And you can't go unless you have travel insurance. They're so panicked that a 20-year-old needs a doctor. In my 20s, I don't think I went to a doctor. Yeah, there was a six-year span I didn't go yeah. to anything. I mean, I, I don't think I'm way more than six-year span for me. I didn't go yeah. to a doctor from the time I left my parents' house and got off their insurance. I probably didn't go to a doctor. In, I don't even remember going to a doctor in I Spokane. I still haven't. Vicky never goes to a doctor. And I'm telling these young people all the time, what do you need health care? Are you planning to be sick? Are you expecting God not to take care of your health? I mean, and you're trusting in insurance instead of God? And, and then there's the life insurance, and then there's the annuities and the retirements and the savings accounts. Do you have savings accounts? You know, uh, uh, do, are they paying you? you have benefits? And it's like, what is your compensation for serving the Lord? Huh. My compensation is I get to know Him. My life every day, however many days I get in this world, I get to know Him. And I look around me out there in the world, and a lot of people don't get to know Him. Mm-hmm. And I want them to know Him, and He wants them to know Him. But... What's important in the world? Seek the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added unto you. That's right. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. So you you know there's more and you don't know how to do it? Seek his righteousness. Be willing to give up on the world's ideas of what is going to make you successful and take care of you in your old age. Hmm. That's so good. It is not going to be your savings account, your college education, your medical insurance. None of those things are going to take care of your you. Family. Your mask is not going to protect you from COVID. You are not. You are not living in this world, subject to this world stuff. If you trust in the Lord, and in the strength of His might. All things work together for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Okay, so you're one of the people Max was talking about that knows there's more but don't know how to get there? Come um, listen to these podcasts. Listen to my sermons on Sunday on YouTube. Listen to the Father's House. Read the books. We'll tell you how to get there. And I'm going to tell you how to get there. Give your way out of every situation. And I'm not talking about money only. Give. Give your time. Volunteer, serve, but don't do it to check a box or to get a brownie point. Do it to give. Do it to serve. Do it for the love of Jesus. I used to tell my daughter, if you're going to play basketball, even at this level, you have to feel his pleasure. He made you coordinated. He gave you these skills. He loves you playing basketball. Feel his pleasure in the game or it will become a curse to you. Play for the love of Jesus Christ. Mm. And she made it through college. And she had a great career in a college, in Division I basketball. And we had phenomenal enjoyment following her. And God provided for us to see whatever games we needed to see. And we just had a great season when she was playing college basketball. But we all felt the pleasure of his, his blessing in our life. It was a blessing to us. It wasn't a brownie point. It wasn't a, a, a ring a, a ring we pull out and get to throw, no crowns of glory to his feet. That wasn't what we were doing it for, nor is it what we ever do it for. We do it for the love of Jesus Christ, for a love we have for him. Does that make sense? Did I answer your question? You want to know how, yeah. to, you want to, know how to get there? Really start to put seeking him first as the first thing in your life. Seek him and his righteousness. Seek his righteousness. I want to be like you, Jesus. You were so righteous, and I'm so unrighteous. Help me be more like you. I'm seeking your righteousness. I'm seeking your holiness. I'm seeking your love. I want to love you more. And I think what um, also, uh, you know, is stop reading the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, as to how to live. Hmm. Read the Old Old Testament, Old Covenant, to see who God is, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Absolutely. We talked about that. And then read the New Testament to how you should live. Yeah. And, and you will start coming to these conclusions. And we have so many um, cultural mores and, you know, and uh, life insurance and Christians. I can't believe how fearful Christians are through this COVID thing. Oh, my it's goodness. Like, it's like they're so scared. And it's like, why are you so scared? 
you know the worst thing the worst thing it would be that we go to be with Jesus I mean yeah, that's right. that would, it, we, absent from the body means you be present with Christ but yeah I think read Jesus you'll mm. you'll it'll it'll uh, it'll alter your faith be careful what Vicky's talking about with the COVID thing be careful that you're not commuting creating a household of unbelief oh yeah, yeah. that's good the blind can't be healed Jesus and, said have eyes to see see you can't see if your household becomes a uh, household so of scary. unbelief. Yeah. And if you live in this fear constantly, you will be unbelief will it's grow. Good. You'll lose the faith you had. You'll lose the belief you were standing on. Your footing will become unstable. That's right. And anyway, back to that story, Jesus told the the man. He gave him clear direction. Don't go back to the city. Don't go yeah. back there. Why did he Why did he tell him not it's to go good. back to the city? Because the unbelief. Because right now you've had an act happen that causes Experience you to go, happened. wow. You really are the Lord. But you go back through there, and people are going to say, he's not the Lord. The Lord healed you, not him. Mm-hmm. And, and he's not the Messiah. Are you and sure? You'll start, yeah, are you sure? And he'll start to lose his faith. It's really good. And go to home. And what I know, what I, like what he told the demoniac, the demoniac said, can I come with you? He said, no, go back. Go back and tell the Gadareans what I've done for you and tell, you, tell them who I am. Because Jesus probably knew. He knows who I am. He heard mm-hmm. the demons speaking about who I am. Mm-hmm. He had all those yeah. demons come versing inside of him. And he heard them all. That's the Messiah, mm-hmm. you know, son of David. What, yeah. have, what have you to do with us? Yeah. And so that guy, he told him to go preach the gospel. This guy, he says, go home. Establish some faith. You've lived in unbelief so long. Go home and get, get rest. Take the next step. Before you go fa- back yeah, and- before you face the unbelief, Go and get settled in what you really do that's believe. Mm-hmm. And that's I give that to everybody. Come and live in a Jesus bubble mm-hmm. until you're strong enough to get out there and get out there on the highways and byways and start inviting people to the feast. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to close. Today's actually the very first day of our, our fall term of School of Transformation, right. our full-time one. And uh, you had you guys had said, um, you know, maybe even, maybe even today you could you, – you'd be accepted and that's what vicky said and then steve yeah. stole her thunder last week at the close of our show yeah. um, you steal thunder. that's okay but that's what that's what people are doing so they're coming here because they want to they want to keep going further up and farther and we have a guy coming today don't we from exactly, canada exactly yep. yep yep and i mean pick him up from the airport so they're coming because they they have seen your track record wow. of further up farther in and they want a piece of it they want that Hundred percent Christianity, not that settling, settling for you know second best or, or half, and uh, and so if you're if that's you, you're thinking about that. We always have online resources. We've got online Bible studies. ChangeOrville.org. You can check those out, um, and you can you can get to transform uh, transformationschool.org and learn about our both of our our schools. We've got our in person that just started. Um, and we, we're going to start that new semester in March. But we also have School of Transformation Light, which is an online version that that uh, started you can yesterday. Apply. Sunday that started already. Too. Yeah. And I, I just um, we'll, those get offered, you know, a little bit more regularly. Right. So, so SOT School of Transformation Light. I just uh, went to the class yesterday to just after church just to ch- kind of check in on it. And it's 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 all women in person this time. And I just decided to go ahead and do the school mm-hmm. because it was so superlative. I one teaching settled it for me my mind i need to be at school of transformation light so i'm i'm actually going through school of transformation light uh this this next eight weeks and found out my daughter-in-law in hawaii is also doing it that's so cool so it's so cool yep. somebody got somebody from cool. pakistan's doing it yeah. it's really cool so that's, that's a great yep. that's great if you haven't done school of transformation Light, that i would i would tell you to check that out cool Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much have a good trip to oregon with your tractor motor and and uh We'll talk to you guys again. A little romance out on the Oregon Plains. With your, yeah. with your um, back with home? My, with my wife. Oh, with your Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk to you. we at the snowy peaks together. Oh, yeah. boy. We'll talk to you guys oh, next boy. week. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.